Hello, everybody, and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. I'm Josh, and today I'm going to be talking about Assassin's Apprentice by Robin Hobb. So let's change the magic of books. Now, this, I, uh, just full disclaimer here, first off, right out of the gate, I absolutely love Fitz's series. This is my third time through the series, so if you think you're going to hear something uh, negative from me about it, uh, then you're wrong. I'm sorry. There's no negativity to be had here about Hobb. I have loved her books since the first time I read them back way in high school, and I love them to this day. This is my first reread in a little while, though, unfortunately. So it, it was just, it was amazing, though. It just really, really blew me away again. How excellent she writes. Robin Hobb does such an amazing job with her characters and their actions and with the, the story that she's telling where all the pieces are working together and you think you have one thing. And, and we do see, I, I will say, that Fitz sometimes is an unreliable narrator to himself. He doesn't understand what's going on sometimes. And, you know, we know that this is a recollection of him saying stuff um, because the first part of every chapter of the epigraph is a little bit of a story where he's like talking directly to us. And then the, the chapter is the chapter and that's kind of the next progression and the way the story flows i know that some people aren't going to be expecting but there are some copious time jumps time flies by very quickly it's a spring and then a summer and then a fall and winter and and then we skip a couple years we skip a couple years here and it's just so good the world she has created the magic she's created i think her biggest work is the characters and now i know some of you are going to say she just loves torturing poor fits and while i can kind of see that she does like to inflict some pain on Fitz. I don't think she's torturing Fitz. I think she's just put Fitz in a situation where things are happening, especially because of who he is. He... Okay, I'm sorry. We're just going to have to get into it. Just go read the book. Just remember that it's great. It's not necessarily 100% about assassinating people. It's not going to be a fast, high-action book, but it is so worth it for all of the emotional punches and the emotional beats that she takes you on and the ups and the downs that you experience with Fitz. It is just amazing. So let's just get into this. Let's, uh, this is a, a five out of five star book for me, if you can't tell. We're going to start just basically just start off with the characters. We're going to start with Fitz, of course. Fitz is our main character. Well, it's so tough to start with Fitz. But Fitz, he's a young kid when he's, when we start this book. He's six when he shows up. And then we kind of progress till he's about 14. And then we kind of go from 14 to 16-ish at the end of this book. He has the magic of the skill and he has the magic of the wit. And the wit is all about kind of communing with animals. He can sense things from people, emotions and animals, and he can communicate with them, basically. And it is not well like Six Duchies, where, which is where Fitz lives and where he's growing up. Of course, Fitz is the ill-gotten son of the first prince, Prince Chivalry, who has brothers Prince Verity and Prince Regal with their father, King Shrewd. Um, everybody, all the royal, if you're royalty, you get, you take a name for yourself or you're given a name when you're born, obviously, of an attribute. And whether it's magic or that's just something that people live up to, no one really knows. But I definitely say it's magic because it has to be. It is what it is in my mind. And and I, let's, they live up to their names 100%. Shrewd is shrewd. He's very shrewd. And it's interesting because not only is he just shrewd and wise, but he's also, he's shrewd. And that is different than just being cunning and wise. And, and he portrays it that well. And this gets into more of other books. I'm sorry, I'm trying not to, but it is. And, and chivalry is, is always chivalrous and he's courageous and he chooses what's the hardest for him, but he perseveres through it. Or he did until obviously this and he abandons he doesn't abandon he abdicates his kingship and goes off to live with with uh, patience 
but you feel all the resentment from people around him and just being like, yeah, he's so perfect. And it's like, he never thought he was perfect or above you guys. He just was trying to hold himself to a higher standard. And he was a little bit better at it than you are. And that made you feel bad about yourself. But that's not his fault. And the verity, truthful to a fault. This is where I learned where I learned the word verity means truth. Because when I read it the first time, I was like, man, this verity, he's very truthful. And I'm like, oh, verity must mean truth because that's kind of what he does. Just so many good things. So like I was saying, he has the wit which can commune with beasts and very looked down upon. Nobody likes it. There's lots of rumors and fear mongering. Oh, if you have the wit, you'll you'll grow into a beast and you'll wake up and you won't know anything. And it's uh, very similar to a uh, Wheel of Time character thing, but I don't want to ruin that for you, anybody. So just uh you'll see it if you see there now the skill is similar but different it's all about people connecting but it's you have the skill and you can kind of like scry and see things and change people's minds and it's different though and you see it through the book and the way it works is great i i just love it we're gonna talk we gotta talk more characters though fitz he's a young boy he's growing his emotions and his leaps in logic and his stalwart thinking, they just ring true with you that they are how they are. And they, you just, you can feel the way he feels because of Robin Hobb's excellent writing, which by the way, her, her prose is fantastic. And the way she is able to weave these sentences all together and make you feel things and evoke things with such vividness while painting a picture and never feeling too wordy or over the top for me. And sometimes I feel that on, on minor things, but but not with Robin Hobb. So again, I'm sorry, we're going to try and talk to to more characters here. You know, Shrewd in this book was very good. There's a little bit there, of course, at the end where he where he don't know whether what his true intentions are. And in the middle of the book, when Shrewd, King Shrewd has to, has uh, Fitz Chivalry tested and he says, you're going to, you know, I want Shade, his assassin's a, pre- a teacher, tells him you have to steal something from the king and bring it back. And Fitz refuses and it causes all sorts of tension and grief. And I think uh, her relationship work and her tensions, the way she builds her characters, they're just so good. I mean, we're, we're already seven minutes in and we've barely talked about two or three characters. Let's talk about Burrick. Burrick was uh, Chival- er, Fitz Chivalry's father's aide to cop, basically. He was his go-to right-hand man. He used to be the talk of the town. Everybody wanted to get with it, you know, kind of be with him and know him. And now he's relegated to basically being the stable master and the groundskeeper not a groundskeeper necessarily but that's kind of the thing he's taking he's doing is he's taking care of all the animals and burke is like our main relationship with with fitz from the very beginning but burke is is so interesting because burke hates the wit hates it with a passion feels like it's filthy and beneath him and it's like Ah, just stop. He's just a kid. He doesn't even understand what you're talking about. Like, he's not evil and the wit is not evil, but he doesn't know that because to him it is because he's heard rumors and the wit is something that it kind of detracts in his eyes from from Fitz Chivalry and... And so their relationship goes up and down and sideways where Burke does some of the most amazing things for Fitz. And then he's like, I'm not going to talk to you ever again because you won't give up the wit. And it's like, I can't... It's like, I can't give up something that's just a part of me. It's who I am. Ugh, it just pains my heart. But then at the same time, and this is, you know, major spoilers, but we're in spoiler sections eight minutes in. When when uh, Galen beats Fitz for, you know, lashing out because Galen is a cruel, sadistic freak that needs to be shoved down a well multiple times and buried and beat with a shovel and then burned in a fire. But I go on too much about Galen, a character I really dislike, who does definitely get what's coming for him at the end of this book. And you better believe that we're going to talk about it. But he beats Fitz to basically an inch of his life, humiliates him, tries to get him to kill himself. And then Fitz uh, comes down and Burke's like, oh, I'm going to take care of you. He's like, no, you better get back up to class. He's like, oh, I'm 
I'm sure I've missed too much. There's no way I can come back. And Fitz is like, and Beric's like, no, nah, they're not having glasses. Do you good? And he talks to the fool because the fool is just amazing. Who's another character that we haven't even talked about? And I didn't even write down the fool in my notes. Like, we've definitely got to talk about the fool because there's so much to talk about with him. But Beric says, no, if the fool is talking to Fitz and he's like, yeah, you better get going to class. You'll be the first one there. He's like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to go. Like, they're going to be so far ahead. And he's like, ah, well, let's uh, let me tell you a story that I... I heard about that I definitely didn't see with my eyes. I definitely didn't see it. But chances are that I heard that uh, Burke went and grabbed Galen and dragged him to the Witness Stones, which in this you know area are above even the King's Law. Like you take it to the Witness Stones and it's it. And nobody can gainsay or try it again for try you again for the same thing. And Galen had used it before. And Galen's just a horrible creep that deserves to die. So Robin Hobb, congrats on making great characters that people love to hate. So yeah, the word of the story is, is that Burke took him, challenged him to the stones, and then basically beat the crap out of him. And said so Galen tried to use the skill. He tried to use whatever he could. Uh, but Galen, fighter, he is not. Whereas Burke, you know, man-at-arms for quite a while, knows how to do stuff, beat the living crap out of him, which just was so good. And then he's like, yep, I did that for my Fitz, because I love him. But then later, he's like, I hate you, Fitz. I'll never talk to you again, because you refuse to give up the wit. And I, oh, it's just their relationship is so good, and their relationship is crazy. And, and then Patience comes back into his life, which is his, you know, stepmom, because obviously Patience is Chivalry's husband, but not his his mom. Patience is Chivalry's wife, and not his mom on though because obviously and chivalry's died and she's like i didn't know what to do and they, they start forming this relationship where she wants to be a part of his life but she doesn't know how and they have this ah it's just so crazy and then they they do uh, their little thing near the end it's too late to apologize i've already forgiven you uh, it just like warms your soul and brings your you happiness and his relationship with molly where he's like hey i kind of like you but he doesn't know how to describe it and it felt like it just is so real to me and it's just like i can totally remember feeling that way where you liked a girl but you didn't know what to say and you didn't even know if she liked you back or what you were really doing and you just kind of were like let's just go spend time together let's go do this it was just so good so good you know i love Chade, his his uh, assassin apprentice teacher who's also king shrewd's you know half brother and he, he's following in the you know the family business line for uh for half bloods and Chade is just he's so good he's got his ups and he's got his downs he's got his proclivities he's got his his wants and his desires and they have to match up and he's their relationship it's just the, it's all about the relationships robin hobb writes amazing relationships his relationships with nosy and all the other animals that he he bonds and then when burrick is stabbed and he's in the bond and he feels his animal his bonded animal die and it's just like oh that's so hard so it was it was so good. Now, this book is a little bit more of a slow burn because there's a lot of time where this happens. But the last 10-15% of the book is just amazing. But there's a there's a scene where uh, Fitz is talking about what it takes to become a man and you get recognized by others when you're about 14-15. And he says the name they gave him, the meaning of it is changer and catalyst. And if, if you've read the books, you kind of know what a big deal that is. And if you don't, then you see like this is just beautiful foreshadowing, especially with the fool where the fool's always like you are a catalyst, you're changed. When you're alive, there are options. The, the minute you die, we lose all of our options. And the options keep us alive. Now the Fitz is, the 
fool is not from the six duchies but he wants he obviously has a vested interest in keeping the six duchies going and you know being saved from the red ship raiders which is a huge section of the plot so the raiders are coming in of course and then we see the interplay between the the island not the islanders but the the ocean duchies and the inland duchies the inland duchies you know why do we have to pay for the outland for the ocean duchies to have protection like we need that protection it's like not really like you're not getting raided and and the fear of forging where there are people who've come back and they have like absolutely no connection and if you're a cosmere fan like like literally like connection with a capital c has been cut off from them they are nothing they are a shell of their former self only concerned about themselves and greed well not even greed because they're not greedy but they just have no concern aside from their next care and whatever they want stealing eating whatever they're just they're not people anymore but they are and, and dealing with that through the story and the intensity and the the change and the attitudes of the characters and it's just ah, she writes this epic story that just swirls around and you you touch on everything and so you know while these red ship raiders are coming and then you've got the court politics going on the side and learning the assassin and trying to learn how to be a courtier you know because patience wants him to grow up and be that and then oh we get to the skill learning and that was there's such a good line i don't remember there's there's so many good one-liners in this though like you just read this and you're like floored by her ability and her skill but the line is like this was this is this and then i was happy for a time and then the skill lessons began you're like oh this is you know you know you're going down and they are down because stupid galen can't figure it out He's a loser. And I, this is, I used to love King Shrewd. I used to think he was really good. And, you know, until a later book, of course, because something else happens. But I'm trying to put that out of my mind here for this episode. But he gave in to his queen desire way too much. He should have shut that crap down way early. And first off, if you're going to name your kid or you're going to become a lordly person, when she was a, a duchess, right, beforehand. But like, give your kid a name that's going to be beneficial to everybody. Queen Desire? What do you think her most important attribute is going to be? Perhaps Desire? Desire for power? Desire for crap? Desire for money? Like, yes, yes, and yes. And of course, she's like super addicted to the smoke and the drugs at that point in time that we see her, of course. And who knows what she was like beforehand. But like, come on, Paris. Like, if you know that everybody follows their their name, and it's true, everybody follows their name pretty well. Like, don't give your stupid daughter a name like Desire. And of course, she's full of, she fills Regal's head, which another bad name for Royal. Like, Regal, like, yes, I can see it that Regal, he's he's dignitary and he's, you know, he knows what to do and he's very good at politicking. But unfortunately, that's all he cares about. And he doesn't really understand how the world works because he's like, I'll just leave a, a pool of bodies behind me. And as long as nobody's not too important, nobody cares. And it's like, first off, Regal, like everybody cares about somebody. If you just worked your way through and killed everybody as it went, pretty soon, nobody's going to want to work for you because A, they're worried they'll end up dead or B, they're worried their families or people they know will end up dead. This leads to not a good kingship. Just flat out, like the common people matter. Shrewd gets it. Verity gets it chivalry got it you're the only one who doesn't get it of course because he's being poisoned by his mom you know lady desire and it's like you just you're so bad and of course he is trying to play all the sides and get get verity killed and get fitz killed at the same time near the end but let's go back to the skill learning 
because Galen is a horrible person and he basically beats down Fitz over and over again. And it was just like, this is how the abuse works, right? Galen is mean to you because you can't learn a skill supposedly. And then you kind of internalize that. Like, well, if I can prove that I can do this skill, that I can, then he'll give me that respect. And it's like, no, Galen will never give you that respect because Galen has his own reasons for why they're not valid for the most part. There's, there's like the tiniest, tiniest shred of validity behind Galen. So what what happened to him was that uh, chivalry in a fit of anger for something that Galen did to Verity basically like stamped him and was just like, you love me, bam, and overrode it with the skill and forced it on him. So he had an undesigned, undying, undeserved love, like crazy fanatic worship of, of chivalry, which is not what chivalry intended from what we've kind of gleaned. But then he took out that hatred of, Fitz, of chivalry that he couldn't deal with and he pushed it onto Fitz chivalry, you know. And he, so Fitz is going through all these trials. And, but like I was saying, that abuse where like, I can prove to him that I'm worth it and that I'm, I'm something. And then it doesn't matter. He's never going to accept you. Just like Serena in the book, she is completely ignored because Galen not only is a jerk in one regard, is also super sexist and refuses to talk to the women of the coterie he's trying to build up, which I'm like, the king and queen don't even care. Like, as long as there's a ruler, boy or girl, whoever's first is the ruler. Next is the next, right? Like, we're very dedicated here. Apparently, you miss that memo because you're just a huge sleaze bag but she tries to prove over and over again that she's worth and she worth it and she becomes his most like ardent follower because she's trying to win that from him and oh it's just so much so uh let's just talk about one of my favorite scenes in the whole book of course this is near the end where fitz has been uh, poisoned and he's dying because regal threw him in a pool it's like oh it doesn't matter like as long as i have plausible deniability nobody really cares what i do and they're like and verity's about to die because galen is going to suck the life out of him with the skill the skill is super versatile just remember that it makes you can make people believe what they want you can do confounding with it which chivalry fits actually gets some confounding done on him by galen that he's worthless and bad at the skill verity breaks it out of him because verity is a boss and he's awesome and verity's like the second best character next to Fitz, of course, right here, of course. But so Verity's, you know, he's viewing the wedding from afar with the skilling and Galen's about to come and suck the life out of him. And Fitz is like, Verity, beware, Galen. He's not true. He's he's going to hurt you. And Galen's like, no, I'm here. It's okay. And then Galen starts, you know, sucking the life out of him. And Fitz is like, take me, take my power. And he just like, you know, theoretically sends his power to him and, and Verity's like hey wait a minute like I'm of sound mind again because the skill is dangerous and addictive and, and such as you read in the books and he's like I feel pretty strong and he's like Galen my friend like you should oh, I kind of just let me let me read this because it was so worth it all right all right I found it goes hey Verity's hand rose to grip Galen's he opened his eyes I shall be fine he said to Galen aloud he looked around the room as he rose to his feet again I but worried about you you seem to tremble are you sure you are strong enough for this? You must not attempt a challenge that is beyond you. Think what might happen. And as a gardener pulls a weed from the earth, Verity smiled and pulled from the traitor all that was in him. Galen fell, clutching his chest, an empty man-shaped thing. And it's just like, booyah, booyah. That was so awesome. You played that. You did so good. It was just amazing. And then he does some other stuff and he burns out another member of the coterie. And he's like, oh, by the way, I'm forcefully overriding you and your will. And I'm going to do what I need for a second here with my future bride-to-be. And it's just so amazing it's ugh, i just can't describe it enough so before i try to i'm just gonna say it again like this book is so unbelievable on so many levels please go out and read it if you haven't already it's amazing i i loved it there is so much more to this book than just beating up poor fits 
And and while that does happen, the emotions and the gut punches are 100% worth it, and they are amazing. And I just wanted to put it out there for the record again. Uh, yeah, Regal sucks, especially from the beginning, and uh, he'll continue to suck. Don't you worry. He'll, he'll make some more mistakes that we'll get to have a lot of fun talking about, because there are a lot of good scenes coming up in the next two books that I am super excited to talk about with you guys. There are so many in this one, though. Don't deprive yourself of this pleasure. So that's going to wrap up my discussion of Assassin's Apprentice by Robin Hobb. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks to David Hillis for the intro and outro music. Of course, if you have any questions or comments, you could send them to LibromancyPod at gmail.com. You know, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Leave a review. It really helps out. And remember to change the magic of books. <laughs> <laughs>